0: Welcome to Episode 2, Series 1 of Spellbound, a podcast that guides you through the magic of children's books. In this episode, we look at picture books for preschool children aged 3 to 5 years old, and dig a bit deeper into why it's so important to read to your child during the early years, and support their reading for pleasure. We touch lightly on some of the research around this, and of course, chat about tons of books you can read with your child. We'll be talking about a lot of books in this episode, all of which will be on the book list on the Spellbound website. So please don't worry about having to remember them or write them down. I'm here today with Jane Carter, Senior Lecturer in Primary Education at the University of the West of England in Bristol. She's a specialist in children's literature and Jane and I have worked together over many years... Uh, she's going to be joining us over the next few episodes and we're going to be looking at uh, reading for pleasure for primary age children. Hi Jane, welcome to the studio. Hello. So tell me a little bit about your experience
1: and the research that you do at UE. So I've been working at UE for the last 10 years uh, and before that as a primary school teacher deputy head, and also local authority literacy consultant. So currently, I teach on the undergraduate and the postgraduate initial teacher education programmes. So basically, that's training teachers. In a
0: nutshell, and I know that's hard, but can you tell me what the current status is of reading in general in the UK for children around this age of three to five years? Are children struggling
1: more? Well, interestingly, there's a huge amount of data looking at older children, so children who are of school age. And it demonstrates that we've got a decline in reading and reading for pleasure. So there's a big push in schools at the moment to redress the balance between the will and the skill. Younger children, there's a slightly more mixed picture. It's slightly harder to find out what's happening in people's homes. And the biggest push around research is understanding the impact of reading with your child at a young age. And so, quite a lot of effort is being put into both in terms of government initiatives, but also in schools, preschools, and the places where young children um, are likely to be found in children's centres and city farms and such like. So, a big push in, across all those areas to engage parents with supporting their children with enjoying, engaging with books because we know what a big impact it has on their future life chances.
0: In the last episode, we talked about why reading to children from a very young age is so necessary. And we looked at the importance of board and picture books for babies. Once we move to toddler age, why is it so important to continue reading to
1: and with our children? And can you tell me what impact it has? So we know from the research that reading aloud to children or shared reading has one of the biggest impacts on children's future academic, economic and social success. And not only that, it has an impact on their health and well-being. And it does this in a number of ways. It frames reading as a pleasurable activity for children. It models to children what reading sounds like and also models the physical processes of reading. So those pre-reading skills like page turning and moving from left to right of the print, and the, the print itself, the squiggles on the page, that they carry meaning. But perhaps one of the most significant benefits of reading aloud to preschool children is that it widens their vocabulary. So the sorts of words we tend to find in books are not typically the words we find in spoken language. For many children, learning to read can be hard, But if the child knows what they're aiming for, if they know what the prize is of being a reader, then the perseverance and resilience that they need is much more likely to be there. There are benefits for parents too. Bath, book, bed is a tried and tested bedtime routine. One that ensures that there are no screens in the hours before bedtime. And we know that this is more likely then to support a child's sleep and a parent's child-free time in the evening the closeness of the bedtime story also provides some of the most memorable and special moments between a parent and child. Well that's the
0: routine we have in our house and sometimes it's actually really hard to get them to bed because they're so into the stories. What kind of books should we be looking at sharing with our children
1: when they are aged between three and five? Well at this age books with repeated patterns and rhymes are really good. They mean that the child can join in easily, is able to listen and predict when the predicted lines are coming up and so join in. And books that rhyme are also great. Children love playing with language. We all know that children can identify words that rhyme with poo from a very early age and it never ceases to cause that hilarity.
0: We have had many laughs about poo. There's a book
1: called Poo Bum which seems to elicit squeaks and giggles. So rhyming is kind of a really key pre-reading skill. Alliterative books are are a good support as well because they play with sound. And again, it's that early phonological awareness, awareness of sound. High quality illustrations are also good. So look out for books that have those. What's great about picture books is that they can be used at a variety of levels. So sometimes the picture supports the written story and at other times they tell a different story and contradict the written word. Roses Walk, for example, by Pat Hutchins, is perhaps the classic example of this. This book also illustrates another important element of a good book for this age, one that requires the adult and the child to talk about the book and to raise questions about what's going on. It is, in fact, this interaction, the dialogue or the conversation that's one of the prime benefits of book sharing. just about every age category, children say that funny books are their favourites too, So humorous books also come high up on the list of what we should look for in a good book for this age group.
0: What about if English is your second language or if you don't feel confident yourself about reading aloud with your child? I've had a few friends and colleagues who've talked to me about this, especially those who are from
1: different countries. Is there anything you can do to still enjoy books together? Absolutely, yes. Just looking at the pictures and talking about them is as beneficial for the child as reading the book. That's why wordless picture books are great for all ages. In fact, we use some wordless picture books with children who are much older, age 10 and 11, because they provide a real challenge in relation to inference and in their content. What themes can emerge at this age and how does it help them understand the world? So books for this age cover a really wide range of themes, from friendships and family to jealousy, managing feelings and even loss and death. There are more and more books that raise children's awareness of the environment and also enable children to get an understanding of how children live in different parts of the world. One of my favourites is the book called The Mirror by Jeannie Baker. And it's a book that's divided into two sections, one that opens out in the way that we would understand a book from left to right and one that opens in the other way. And it is a mirror of two lives, one of children living in Australia and one of children living in Morocco. It really gives a good way of looking at different parts of the world. And it's a positive reflection of diversity both in our country and in others of different ethnicities ages disabilities and gender and of course there's non-fiction books for this age factual books about subjects that children are interested in dinosaurs trucks dogs anything that follows up a child's interesting curiosity are good those books sound fantastic don't forget you can find
0: a list of all the books we talk about on the Spellbound website Let's talk through some of the books you'd recommend. Again, this is not a definitive list of books, but just a starting point for you to get going with some of the books you can read with your children. Books we read at home again and again include things like Five Minutes Peace by Jill Murphy, Anything and Everything by Oliver Jeffers. He's a huge hit in our house. Awesome Man by Michael Chabon is hilarious. Uh, Man on the Moon books by uh, Simon Bartram. Again, his humour is fantastic. Uh, We read these books over and over and over again and have been reading them for years. So Jane, tell me about some of the books you'd recommend for the three to five-year-old year group.
1: Do you know, it was really, really hard to choose some recommended books, partly because we were living in a golden age of children's literature We think that children are no longer reading anymore, and there's certainly statistics to suggest that, but there are so many more fabulous illustrators and children's authors around now. And so therefore the book awards, uh, the bookshelves in bookshops are brimming with wonderful choices of books.
0: You mentioned it's the golden age of children's literature, which we talked about in previous episodes. How have things changed compared to when you first started teaching, for example?
1: Well, I think that there is a greater awareness of what it is that children enjoy. So the humour in the books is so much more sophisticated, whether it's because authors are now competing with the online world, they bring some of that interactivity to the books that they're writing. And I also think there's a, a greater interrelationship between the author and illustrator, so the way that the words and the pictures work together, as we've mentioned before, but also the nature of the illustrations. So really being of a very particular style for different illustrators. So children can be as much in love with an illustrator as they could with, a, with an author. Tell me about your recommended ones. So one of my favourites then is Naughty Bus by Jan and Jerry Oakey. And it's a picture book, but it's slightly unusual in that it uses real photos of a toy bus and it retells the adventure of that bus as if by the child. And it's a story that's really designed to be talked about. So it really encourages the discussion and invites the child to follow up with stories of their own toys adventures. So another one then would be Lullaby Hullabaloo by Mike Impeng. And you may know more by Mike Impeng. So he wrote the Kipper series. He's fabulous with writing for young children. This particular one, it has a great join-in refrain throughout, so it says, "What shall we do? We'll tell him to shh. That's what we'll do. Shh. Who me? Yes, you." And has inviting flaps to open on every page. Another very similar one is "Listen, Listen" by Phyllis Jersiter. And it's similar in that it's got a refrain that you join in with. So it says, listen, listen, all the way through the books. And it's followed by all sorts of different uses of alliteration and onomatopoeia and rhyme all about each of the different seasons. And you can actually tell from the title, Stomp, chomp, big roars, here come the dinosaurs, by Kay Mansky, illustrated by Nick Sharrett, that this too is great for rhyming. And definitely for acting out and joining in, which is great for the three to five year old.
0: Many years ago, I worked with Kay Umansky and she is a real character in schools. She's
1: absolutely amazing. Another kind of firm favourite as an author is Martin Waddell. And I think everybody knows owl babies. So it's the classic story of the three baby owls waiting for their mother to return. And what the book does is it encourages those conversations about feelings and particularly feelings when mum isn't around. So perfect for the child who might worry about leaving mum when they have to go to nursery. And there's that wonderful join-in line, the youngest owl, Percy. Each time when he says about his mum, he just says, I want my mummy. I've seen a lot of books like that. There's a book by Chris Horton, which
0: is about losing your mummy. um, And there's the one by Julia Donaldson, Monkey Puzzle. And they seem to be sort
1: of recurrent themes. And, you know, for obvious reasons, really, it's that kind of separation anxiety. So books are kind of great for helping children deal with that, too. And you've just mentioned Julia Donaldson, and she's written so many. So, you know, one of my favourites is Snail and the Whale. And, of course, Room on the Broom. And they always have great illustrations, providing lots to talk about, as well as the great rhymes and the rhythm that encourages children to join in. can't really go wrong with a Julia Donaldson book. So a book that isn't a rhyming book, but I think it's a lovely book, is a book called A New House for Mouse by Petter Horacek. And I think that's how you say it. Uh, And it's perfect for the child who likes a book with bold illustrations, And something a bit different about the pages. So this one has a hole cut out of it. And the hole is the hole that the mouse looks through. But children can start to predict what they might see in the other side of this hole because it's always the entrance to another animal's home. So sometimes it's a badger or another animal that might be a little bit more scary. And it's a lovely book for children to join in with and touch and feel. Another of my favourites, quite a new book, is There's a Bear on My Chair by Ross Collins. So this one is about a large polar bear who will not share his chair with the little mouse. And it's funny and it's beautifully illustrated in a bold kind of way. Um, It's another great rhyming book, but it also encourages that discussion about whether the bear should share his chair and what could the mouse do to try and keep calm because the mouse gets crosser and crosser as the book goes on. And this is an award winning book. So it was winner of the Amnesty Honor Award, but it was also shortlisted for the Kate Greenaway as well. So book award winners are always a really good place to start if you're unsure about which books to go for.
0: In the last episode, we talked about book awards being fabulous places to go and learn about the new books that are being released. Are there any other book awards that you'd recommend that we visit?
1: Well, those two I've just mentioned. So the Amnesty Award, the Kate Greenaway. Uh, But one of my particular favourites is the UKLA, United Kingdom Literacy Association Book Awards. So they're in three categories. So the under four and five year olds and then the the six plus and then beyond that seven plus. And it's an award that's particularly actually directed at teachers. So teachers judge that award and they're looking particularly for wonderful language, but books that children would like to read again and again. We'll make sure we put a list of all those
0: awards on the
1: Spellbound website. So, in fact, another one that was uh, shortlisted for that UKLA Book Awards is a book called Grumpy Frog by Ed Veer. And if you've got a grumpy toddler, it's perfect. It tells the story of a frog who lets us know what makes him grumpy. And, of course, what makes him grumpy are really silly things, like any colour that isn't green. And you can go as deep as you want with this one, or you can keep it light and funny. You do need to perfect your storytelling voice with this one, though, There is a narrator's voice and a frog's voice that needs some hamming up for maximum enjoyment. Uh, So another great book is Croc and Bird by Alexis Deacon, uh, who's written and illustrated lots of fabulous picture books. So you might know Beegoo or Slow Loris and the amazingly deep and meaningful book Henry Finch. But Croc and Bird is one of my favourite books and it's about difference and friendship Another lovely book is Colin and Lee, Carrot and Pea by Morag Hood, who's an author you really should find out a little bit more about. But she's written all sorts of other books, Morag Hood. I particularly like I Am Bat. And it's a bat who just tells us how much he loves cherries. And that's basically all the book's about. I feel the best way to read this is with a slightly Russian accent for some reason. And the bat becomes quite upset when someone steals his cherries one by one. Her latest book is Brenda is a Sheep. And it tells the story of a wolf, Brenda, who literally dresses up in sheep's clothing. And you can imagine the kind of twists and consequences of a story like that. And if you want friendship as a theme, then there's the classic Pumpkin Soup by Helen Cooper. Um, And it's another Kate Greenaway Award winner. It's a classic, beautiful illustrations and can be poured over for a long time. I suppose the other author that I really love is Chris Wormel. And two of the best for me are Scroffy Bear and the Six White Mice and Eric the Hero. And both books have got stunning illustrations. I think maybe my favourite of the two is Eric the Hero, the poor little boy who is always told that he's no good at anything, he's a bit of a dunce, but by the end of the story he is the hero.
0: I don't have any single one of these books that you've mentioned. We have a big list here. I'm always amazed at the fact there are so many books you've never heard of and so many to enjoy with your children. If you could sum it up in just a few words, why is it so important to read with your children at a young age at home? Because
1: it's about that bond between a parent and a child, It's about inducting your child into the world of books. And without that, they're never really going to know what a pleasure it is to be a reader if they haven't experienced having stories told to them. So those are the two big pluses, both for you as a parent and for your child.
0: Are there any final tips that you'd give us on how to get the most out of reading with your three to five-year-olds?
1: I think the biggest thing is to talk. It's not necessarily just about the book. It's so much more about the talk that goes along with it. So talking about the pictures, about how the book feels for us, about the characters in the book, about the connections we make. And that's the most important thing. Jane, thank you so much for your
0: time and uh, we'll chat to you again soon. So don't forget you can find all the books that we talk about on the podcast at spellboundkids.com. Our next podcast will look specifically at books aimed at children starting primary school and how we can best support them at home from around the ages of four to six years old. So I'm here in London with the wonderful Kay Umansky and we are sat in her amazing writing room which is all starry and twinkly and of course full of books I've just popped in for a spot of lunch and a chat about her books. Hi, Kay. Hi. Lovely to see you. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. They used to come to Bristol as part of our literacy yes. charity many years ago. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do.
2: Well, I'm still writing. Um, I'm getting of, of a certain age now. I won't tell you how old. but <laughs> And I'm still loving it. Um, I would miss it a lot if I didn't do it. I've been doing it for, what, oh gosh, professionally, I suppose, published for about 35 years so it would leave a big gap in my life if I didn't have a book in my brain. This is what I think about when I go to sleep at night. If I'm not writing then I can't get to sleep properly. (laughs) Tell us about some of the books that you've written. I've written um, lots of different sorts. I would get bored if I wrote the same sort of thing all the time. I write books for very young children, picture book texts. I don't do the illustrations. I can't draw for Toffee. Um, I do early chapter books. I do music books as well. I've written some musicals for schools, a bit of poetry and novels for more or less sort of nine, ten-year-olds really, maybe a bit younger. So it's a big, big, vast range that I do because Otherwise, I, I would, I, I, it, once I've finished a novel, I don't want to start on another novel. I want to do something short and sharp. But then sometimes I like to get stuck into a novel and live in it for a few months. Tell us some of the names of your books. Oh, let me see. I've written um, Stomp Chomp, Big Roars, Here Come the Dinosaurs, that's for little kids, and Yo-Ho-Ho-A-Pirating will go. I've just finished a four-part series for Simon & Schuster called Witch for a Week, followed by Wish for a Witch, followed by Witches Unwelcome, and the last one out is Witch in Winter. I've written a big series about a a funny old witch called Pong Whiffy, which um, Simon and Schuster again have done in bind-ups for me, which I'm absolutely delighted about. And I do a lot of work as well for Barrington Stoke, who are the dyslexic specialists. I've done a lot of fractured fairy stories for them, so I love doing those. They're real fun.
0: How did you become a children's author? Talk us through that journey.
2: I never thought about being a professional writer. I mean, I have written since I first held a pencil, really. I think if you're an only child, you amuse yourself in that kind of way. And I read a lot as a kid and I wanted to have a go at writing myself. So it's always been a hobby for me, but I didn't actually get published until I was 40. Um, I was teaching in um, a primary school in London and I wrote some songs for the children because there weren't many good songbooks around at that time. And they really seemed to like like them. So I thought, I'll give it a go. I'll send it off to a music publisher and see what happens. I really didn't think anything would, but I sent them off to ANC Black and I got a phone call and they said they liked them. So I went in and we talked about them bringing these songs out as a book, which they did. And that was my first ever book called Phantasmagoria. And at the same time I said, well, I've been writing a, a, a book about an old, funny old witch, dirty, smelly old witch called Pong Withy, just for fun. which you like to have a look at that do you think and they said they would and that's how I first got published so that's how it happened
0: it's lovely to hear how you got into it we've had quite a few emails from listeners who want to know as much about you as possible why children's books are not adult books? I think I'm still a kid. I mean, I'm, I'm 70. Well, I'm now, now, now I've let it out.
2: I'm 72. But I still feel sort of nine years old in my head. I, I laugh at nine-year-old jokes still. I still enjoy reading my favourite children's books. I've got, I kept them all. I've got all my books about William and and drama stories and, and fantasies and things. And I still reread them now. So I do really enjoy reading children's books. And I do love writing them.
0: What advice would you have for anybody that's reading with children at a young age? Just don't ever leave it too late. From
2: the minute that they are in your arms, you can start to read little board books, get them turning the pages over, hugging them while you do it. It's such a lovely, intimate thing to do. And I didn't stop reading to my daughter until she was about 12, 13 years old. We still read together before she went to sleep at night, even when she
0: was a young teenager, right the way through. Never stop. Always find time to do it. Wonderful advice. We've been reading... Stomp Chomp Big Roars Here Come the Dinosaurs at home with my youngest uh, tell us about that book how did it come to fruition
2: well as I pointed out to you oh, we are sitting in my office at the moment and it's got a sort of little balcony out the back and it looks out over a sort of a warehouse and at the back of the warehouse is a concrete factory which which we none of us wanted it but in actual fact at night it's it's rather got a rather glamorous silhouette and it, it looks very much like a dinosaur with a sort of humped back and a neck and I often look out the window sort of looking for inspiration wondering what I'm going to write next and I think that that concrete factory (laughs) is what what put me onto the idea of writing some silly little dinosaur poems for children. That's what did
0: it. (laughs) We're sat here right now and I can actually see the concrete dinosaurs so it's nice to put the two and two together. Kay, any final tips about reading with children before we go? Well,
2: it's really important to find the right sort of book, I think, for them. I often come across adults that say, Oh, I never liked reading when I was a kid. I never enjoyed it. And I just have the feeling that they never came across the right book. They probably just read rather dull, sort of reading scheme books at school. I certainly did, but I was lucky because my dad turned me onto the library. I was a library member right from the word go. You know, if you can't afford to buy books for your children, and they are expensive these days, of course they are, use the library. Do it because it's so critical to get them to love the right sort of book. Little boys sometimes like funny knights and little girls sometimes like witches or the other way around. It doesn't matter. They've all got their own taste. Some kids like fantasy, some kids like more reality sort of base books. Find
0: the right sort of book that they like and then then keep feeding them books more and more and more. Kay, thank you so much for joining us at Spellbound. We're thrilled to have you on the podcast and I know our listeners are going to be so excited about looking at all your books. If you want to find more about Kay's books, you can go to kayumanski.com. It's bright and sparkly, just like Kay.
2: Thank you so much. I've had a lovely, lovely time talking to you, Melissa. I'm Kay Umansky, and this is my book, Stomp, Chomp, Big Roars, Here Come the Dinosaurs. Here's a poem called Grumpy. Bumpy, 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 I'm feeling really grumpy. I'll stamp my feet and grind my teeth and show you all I'm humpy.
0: Thank you for listening to Spellbound. We're thrilled that you took the time to join us. If you'd like to share book recommendations with us, or if you have a question on any of the books we mentioned in this episode, do get in touch. We'd really love to hear from you. Head to spellboundkids.com for more details and links to everything we've talked about in this episode, as well as information on how to find us on social media. Please follow us and let us know your favourite books and what topics you'd like to hear discussed in future episodes. We have lots to share, so be sure to subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Thank you to everyone who made this happen. To Jane Carter and Kay Umansky. Music by Wilfred DeSalis and Daniel White. Engineering by Simon Hill. Website design by Lee Carr and animations by Leo Tom. And the beautiful artwork by Pippa Pixley. This was a Spellbound production brought to life by Melissa Tom and Ewan McAleese. Join us next time to dig deeper into some of the best children's books around. See you then.